1: hello and welcome to come along Pond a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends Elliot
2: and Damla. Oh break from the norm there
1: Wow <laughs> I, do you know what I like to be a little bit exotic and a little bit different sometimes because I'm special but <laughs> apart from that, how are you doing
2: i uh, yeah I'm doing I'm doing good thank you nice to see you as always I'm excited obviously
1: i'm actually screaming i'm actually crying i'm actually throwing up low key because if you can read the title you know we have a really special guest today that is crystal d i mean listen we're both so excited but before we go into any of that elliot give it to me what have we got
2: well as per usual we do have three emails first of all though before i ask any of the questions that may or may not be in these emails i know i don't proofread them um I read them when they first come in, when I'm when I'm screen grabbing them. it's a, it's a wild yeah. cut, maybe. Um I do have I do have a, I do have a question for you though. Yeah, go on. Um which I feel like normally I would just ask you in our private lives, but also, you know, I feel like the, the listeners want and, and deserve to know. Um are you or are you not now planning to go to any cinema in your local vicinity that will be screening the Eras tour with themed popcorn buckets and <laughs> drink cups? <laughs>
1: Well, do you want to know something really sad, Elliot? Because, of course, you are only but a casual, not fan even. You're just an observer and, a, and appreciator of uh, Blondie. Um, the Era's tour concert is only being screened in cinemas in North America because she hates us.
2: Well, I, I think that's a travesty more reason to not listen to her or her terrible management <laughs> decisions. Um, <laughs> awful.
1: It's awful. Uh, no, it's you really bad. It might,
2: you never know. It might come here.
1: It will. I have a feeling they're going to do a version for the international crew. She's going to Europe, and they're going to record a new version. I have a feeling. I don't know. It, but it would be
2: it would be an odd waste of money.
1: It would be an odd waste of money. But you know what? It's fine because I'm going to see her twice next year, so it's fine.
2: Yeah, but we'll get we'll catch it in the cinema if we get the chance.
1: Absolutely, I'll do a whole dedicated
2: episode <laughs> <laughs> with themed popcorn tin and cup.
1: Don't worry, don't worry. We, we, we will be talking about Taylor Swift very soon. I'm sure. <laughs>
2: Yeah, just wanted to uh, just wanted to know, but of course, only in North America, so that makes perfect sense. I mean, it doesn't? But you know yeah. what I mean. Makes perfect sense as yeah. to why I've not heard you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but thank you for asking. I appreciate it. But yeah, no. All I'm going to say is the listeners, we hear you. It's coming. We hear you. We see the tags on TikTok. We hear you, and we also hear you in three mails.
2: And maybe one day we'll get to talk about something that I'm interested in. Anyway, let's go. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the first email goes as follows. It says, hello, Damler and Elliot. Hello, I just wanted to let you know how much fun I've had listening to the pod. After listening to your first episode, me and my partner Faith have started watching the entire show. Again, we watch an episode to tell each other our most doctory moments, favorite quotes, give a ranking out of 10. Keeping it legally distinct from yours. That's good, because I was on your back then. So, <laughs> And then listen to your episode for a slightly different opinion to ours. It's become a weekly, a weekly ritual of ours and is a fun way for us to watch the show together for the first time. I have a sort of question for you. In the spin-off episode, you said you'd be interested in a Martha Jones spin-off, but not necessarily the Year of Martha. What do you think of Smith and Jones, Bounty Hunters, following Martha and Mickey post the Tenth Doctor's goodbye with them both? I'd love to know what you think. Um, I mean, I'd come in quickly and just say nothing with Noel Clark in it will ever get me to watch it. So, you know, pretty, pretty staunch on that. Good in concept, terrible execution.
1: Yeah, I think... Do you know what? I'm actually not completely opposed to recasting people. That's something I think, if it's done correctly and done in the right way, can be really, really good. I can't think of an example off the top of my head.
2: Martha but. Martha Jones, bounty hunter. What happened to Mickey Smith? Mickey Smith died on the way back to his home planet. Who cares? He tri- tripped on a rock and fell down some stairs.
1: <laughs> and we don't... <laughs> and we, we just don't want that man involved, obviously. Yeah. We, you know... Yeah, so it would be cool if they recast.
2: Yeah, and it's not me having a go at you, Jack. You might not know, but that's just you know, just our feelings on the uh, on the matter. Nothing with Noel Clark in it, please. But good pitch. Get rid of Noel Clark. I think you're onto a winner. Thank you for giving me yet another reason to watch the world's best show, Jack and Faith. Thank you, Jack and Faith. I don't think we've ever had a couple email in. Appreciate it.
1: I love that so much, though. I need more couples to email in, please, please, and thank you.
2: And we have another email here that goes as follows. Hey, party people. I've just started listening to your pod after seeing a few clips on TikTok. I'm loving it so far and it's convinced me to do another New Who rewatch so I can watch alongside you. Cute. I was 13 when New Who started, and like you, I'm a huge RTD fan. Tennant is my doctor. When he he left, I was devastated, and when Moffat and Smith took over, I just couldn't warm to them. It wasn't until Capaldi that I started to enjoy the era, but I did rewatch mid-2020 all of New Who and really came to appreciate the Moffat era a lot more. I think it stands up really, really well, especially Series 8 and 10. Okay, bud. Uh, I must admit, I get a little something <laughs> to talk negatively about Capaldi's era, just because, honestly, I think it's one of the best of the show. Hoping to hear if you've softened up a bit when you get to those episodes. Anyway, thanks for the enjoyable podcast, Calvin. Um, I mean, we, don't, we don't hate Capaldi. Damler hasn't seen it since broadcast.
1: So I've rewatched some episodes since broadcast, some. Mm. Um, mostly stuff with Bill. I don't hate Capaldi. Can we just, sorry, can we just get the record straight here? I don't, I love that man. I absolutely love them, especially the actor. I love him. He's such a cosy person. I love him. Yeah. And he's an incredible actor. I just don't like series eight. It, it It's quite simple, but I have a feeling. I genuinely have a feeling because of the nature of this podcast, when we rewatch it, I think I'm actually going to have a newfound love for the 12th dog. So I have a feeling because the show always knows how to suck me back in.
2: So we'll see. And and of course, you know, there's lots of things that we don't like or or enjoy as much that sometimes just talking about makes us enjoy.
1: And this isn't me aiming it at you, Calvin, at all. But I also feel like people forget that like, so it, just because you adore and love something doesn't mean you always love it. Like like I don't know Taylor Swift, who we just mentioned, adore the woman, one of my favorite people on the planet. She's also a billionaire, and her jet is a problem. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It's it, it, there's nuance. There's nuance.
2: And we also hope we never, you know, we we are quite jovial, and we do like to joke about what we do and don't like, and, you know, because it's fun, and we're kind of having fun, but, you know, we're never here to form other people's opinions. People like what they like. I'm, you know, acutely aware that, sort of, 10 and 11 are probably the two most popular things in the whole show, so my dislike of 11 is quite, you know, odd, but I unfortunately have a USB microphone and a loud voice, so I just get to shout about it on the internet.
1: yeah as you should (laughs) as you should
2: but thank you thank you for emailing in thank you and our final email goes as follows hey hey whoa just want to send a message so your podcast has kept me sane for the last few months well you'll be the first whilst i've been in and out of hospital having surgery and eternally stuck in my flat well i hope you're okay obviously you don't need to disclose what the surgery is but i hope you're feeling okay first first found you through your tiktok and the podcast is such a comforting nostalgia journey which is made up for having to cancel summer plans and holidays. Again, awful. Hope you're feeling okay. I was so relieved to hear your opinions on Love and Monsters were similar to mine. I was so sick of hearing all the die-hard hate around an episode, which serves undiluted, messy fun every time. I.e. Mr Skinner on the drums in his knitted vest, Ursula as a slab, and Peter Kane in his little black bikini briefs. I am also L O V I N G, a loving. Martha is finally getting the recognition she absolutely deserves. Buzzing to hear your thoughts on my favourite series next. Science in the Library, Forest of the Dead, Midnight. Ah. Oh. thanks once again for keeping me saying my boyfriend is not a Doctor Who fan and neither are any of my friends so it's good to hear like minded people like you two and that is from Jemima thank you Jemima
1: Jemima first of all uh, love your name because it reminds me of Jemima Puddle Duck because I love that book (laughs) Uh, and that is a compliment because she's an icon second of all yes I'm excited to talk about these episodes and third of all I hope you're doing really really well and we are both sending you so much love, speedy recovery and uh appreciation. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Take care, Devon. It was lovely to hear from you. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much everybody who emailed in. Thank you for joining us in Three Mail Corner. Just to say we're so, so excited to start our chat with Crystal Deeds talking about the fires of Pompeii. Uh I just need to let you know as a heads up. Um, we did encounter some problems with crystal's audio just towards the end of the episode maybe the last 15 minutes or so um the audio does start to glitch a little we've done our best to try and fix it make it more listenable too uh, but you can understand what crystal's saying and we really appreciate you know your patience of putting up with it but we didn't want to lose crystal as, as a guest because it was really a, a great chat we had uh, a brilliant brilliant time so yeah hope you enjoyed the episode and damler i don't know about you but it's getting hot in here
1: it's getting really hot i'm boiling
2: <laughs> S- sweaty Molten Lava mess
1: And we can't even Roll the credits Because they've melted
2: <laughs> Oh damn Um uh, Fake credits <laughs> Whoosh Roll credits Roll credits <laughs> <laughs> As you may have noticed from up top and our silly little joke, today we are talking about The Fires of Pompeii. It was broadcast on the 12th of April 2008, directed by Colin Teague and written by James Moran. Hello, everybody.
1: It's a really special record today because we have... Y- you know, you know, Crystal. Come on. You know, Crystal. If you don't, you're a bloody fool. Crystal, introduce yourself to the people.
3: Hello. <laughs> um so i'm crystal um and crystal d i guess um this always seems really weird to say my name in full like that because um <laughs> when i'm at conventions people go are you crystal d yes <laughs> um so yes yeah, some of you may uh recognize me from such programs as dr he the fan show and five u fans A- um so yay um thank you for having me
1: No, honestly, I mean, we've already said this. I've said it about, what, six times now? Like, we really appreciate you coming on. It's it's, it's just, you know what? It's going to be hot girl chats, as always. It's going to be a time. And we've got a really fun episode to talk about. So, everyone, again, like I always say, you know, grab a snack. Grab your drink of choice. Stay hydrated. And buckle in. Stay hydrated, yes. So, you know, before we get into the episode... Guys, I have a question for you both. Because cause I know what the episode's about. I know what Google thinks it's about. I know what IMDb thinks it's about. Hell, I know what that market guy thinks it's about in the episode. Crystal, let's let's go to you first. What do you think the episode's about?
3: Massive <laughs> lava monsters live in a mountain and they get blown up. Stunning. Yeah. Perfection. <laughs> yeah. And there's loads of other stuff, obviously. <laughs> Yes, there is. That happens.
1: <laughs> but Elliot, can you top that? I don't think you could top that.
2: Um, no, I don't think I can. Um, I'll, I'll go now. Uh, yeah, 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 bye. <laughs> <you are>. um, <laughs> the, I think the, the episode's about how only the most annoying people you know uh, do philosophy.
1: Yeah, well, that's... I mean, tea. That's tea. Love, Love that. I that is tea.
2: Demel, what do you think it's about? Um, Come on.
1: I, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about how you shouldn't ignore a skin rash, <laughs> any rash, especially if it's looking a little bit rock-like. Anywho, I mean, okay. First, first things first. First thing I want to say, right up top, right at the front, right at the start. Uh, it's just Doctor Who All Stars, isn't it? This episode.
2: It's it's the twi- It's the twelfth Doctor himself, but not himself, but also himself. Maybe I kind of forgot how that goes. Um, but kind of himself, sort of. He's here. Either way, it's Peter Capaldi. He's here. And and Karen Gillen. Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Queen, Queen Karen Gillan. Honestly, it's so funny to me. Like, every time I watch it, I always forget, especially that she's in it. Then when she pops up, I'm like, oh, there you are. And she's so, she's a baby. She's a little baby <laughs> yeah. in this.
3: I love, I love how they brought them back though. Me too. And I, I think like, it, it sort of raises this question of like, what other guest stars or like kind of small, you know, people who have done like small parts. What other guest stars could we get back in future? Exactly. Uh, as the doctor or a companion. Anything could happen.
1: I think, no, you're so right. And it's like, you know, the, the, the thing, I mean, this is probably, I was going to say it later, but I'll say it now because we never do things in order. But I think the way this was brought back later on with, you know, obviously it was, you know, Capaldi was played the doctor, and then there was the whole thing of like, how are they going to address the fact that he was in the show before? And it was in the two-parter in series nine. Forgive me, I forget the names of the episodes. But is it heaven he sent says, you know,
2: bent is it that one? I don't
1: know. No, no, no. It's when they're in um, the little the town, the the town, and it's like a little. I'm not even explaining it very well, but it's face, when face the Raven. Anyway, Twelve oh, no. says, there's,
2: "There's town, there's towns abundant, and also everything in series nine is a two-parter." So I don't know. <laughs>
1: this is true. This is true. Yeah, um, but Twelve basically says that his this face is a reminder that oh
3: yeah, yeah
1: of of a choice he made one day, and he, and he's the doctor and he saves people, and I think. I just love that because it could have easily been a bit naff the way they explained it. And I think it was perfect because why was at the end of this episode? And I think what I love about the message of this episode is that there are rules, but they are also there to be partially broken. Obviously, we don't want to split realities apart or anything, but I think, you know, the messages that were brought up in this were very, very important. And I think it was about time that they were brought up, you know, of, yeah okay there's fixed points in time but we need to we need to say saving people is the goal here and it's always important to look at the bigger picture
3: essentially but what's so interesting what's so interesting is i feel like series four is when the tenth doctor starts to go down this path of being you know the time lord victorious yes what does he say yeah it's like where he starts, you know, because obviously as we get into the specials, he's completely ruined. Yeah, absolutely. And he's starting to get quite dark as a character. And obviously Donna comes in and really um, helps him. And, you know, when when she comes on board, he says, um, well, she says, sometimes I think you need someone. Actually, it's in, sorry, it's in the Christmas episode when they're passing. Yeah. She says... You know, sometimes I think you need someone. And then it, and then they come back to that line after that moment and they get into the TARDIS and she says, thank you. But She's the one who kicks up a fuss and she's like, you've, you've got to save somebody, please. Obviously he does it. And then she's like, thank you. And then he's like, yes, you're right. Sometimes I think I need someone. And it's just like such a lovely moment. And their relationship is, is so, it's so balanced. I feel like sometimes with doctors, you know, sort of a doctor and companion relationship, there can be one person who has slightly more dominance or kind of like leads things more. Whereas I feel like Donna, Donna and the Doctor are really um, they're, they're they're really they're equals, aren't they? Yeah, and absolutely. They 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 balance each other out. So, um, so yeah. So she she kind of keeps him in check, and then and then all all of the sad things happen at the end of series four, and then he's on his yeah. own, and then he's well, yeah, just like. Yeah. Open, <laughs> Left to his own devices, it's not good. Yeah,
2: I felt like this episode works really well hand-in-hand with like Waters of Mars. You could watch them sort of back-to-back as basically polar opposites of the same story Mm -hmm. with worse things happening. 100%.
3: 100%. And Waters of Mars
2: are so good. Um, Spoiler. Spoiler. Save it. Save it. Save it. I also, really quickly, wouldn't be doing my very boring job on the show if I didn't mention that, of course, Colin Baker was in Ark of Infinity as Commander Maxill and then was the Doctor. It's happened before. It's happened yes. before. It's my, my obligatory classic Who reference for everybody.
3: And the lady from Smith & Jones, who plays the old lady who sucks the blood with the straw. What's her name? Oh, yeah. The Plasmavore, isn't it? Um, Anne Reed. Yes. Who's in Years and Years. She is in one of the Sylvester McCoy episodes. Ooh. I what um, I've seen. It's going to bug me now. Yeah. Life,
2: life research. I have Google. Yes.
3: Live live research. Um, um, so she was in the Curse of Fenric. Oh, is she in Curse of Fenric? Curse of Fenric.
2: I mean, i I I'm not, i not. Um, I mean, obviously, she's you she got to open in front of you. I just don't remember being in Curse of Fenric. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I I um. I'd forgotten about that, and then I saw some promo pictures. I was looking for some pictures uh, from Sylvester McCoy's era the other day, and then she popped up, and I was like, oh, I forgot she was well, in. Well, that's it. a fun fact. Um, and another fun fact is I have seen her twice in public in the last few months really um, on the way to the supermarket (laughs) uh hailing a black cab wow and i was like oh there she is i was like oh hello and next time because it's happened twice now (laughs) next time it happens i am going to go up to i think i'm going to go up to her do it do it and i'm just going to say just want to say you were absolutely fantastic and you're fantastic in years and years and fantastic fantastic doctor and fantastic in
2: um it's a yeah because we, cause we were talking about cuz she's in she's in last tango in halifax where she's, Lassa- she's that's dating it. Derek Jacobin. But that's also yeah. Dewan's in it. So it's all Yeah, It's all, yeah, happening. Yeah. It's all yeah. happening. It's all happening. Yeah. It's all
3: happening. So yes. So next
1: time. Yeah.
2: But yeah, she seems lovely. I'm sure she'd appreciate it.
3: Yeah. I I just I I do
1: love it though where they with the Doctor Who cast especially. There's just this never-ending backlog of stuff that half of them have been in together. And it's just can it's just part of it's part of the
3: joke. It's great. It's British it's British television, really, isn't it? It's like I feel like British actors, especially actors who appear a lot on the BBC, they do yeah. the rounds. They've all done a casualty, they've all done yeah. a Doctor Who, um, they've all done a Holby City.
2: And it's nice exactly. yeah, it's nice when they get that chance. Because Freema is in Freeman Angelman's in Doomsday and um Army of Ghosts as her as Martha's cousin. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. All... I love how
2: they explain that one as it, well. Yeah, so cousin.
1: That one's fun. That's a fun explanation. Not as good as this one. I feel like again, this one is pretty nice. The way it's all kind of circling back, A bit more dramatic. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, but no, Adi- we love Adiola, the cousin Adiola, love her.
2: Yeah, I couldn't remember her name. Icon. Uh, I also think, for a, pres- a presumably very small two thousand eight BBC budget, that actually I think Ancient Rome looks quite good. In my in my opinion it's quite. It looks quite nice. Yeah,
1: really. I, I, I would agree with that.
2: I don't I have no idea where they shot it, but it looks good.
1: Probably somewhere in Wales, most likely. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Hey, look. I like Wales. I'm not. I'm not hating. I'm not a hater. I but... live there. It's fine. It's fine. If... So you like. Yeah. There you go. I've got your approval. <laughs> um. But I think, especially the out the kind of everything that was shot outside, or if it was outside,
3: I don't know. Um. That that stuff looks pretty good. All of the market stuff. Yeah. Yeah, is exactly. Really good, isn't it? All of the market stuff. The only thing that I don't understand yeah. is in, um, you know, in their house, the family. Mm. Yeah, the uh, people just walk in. Like, there's not really like yes. a doorbell. Yeah. People just arrive. Was it like that in ancient Rome? Did people just walk into other people's houses? Like, were there front doors? I assume
2: if they didn't have doors, that if they were sort of that wealthy, you might at least have someone on the door with a with a you know like a porter or someone you'd assume maybe right but
1: i mean i went to pompeii a few years ago and i think a lot of the houses just had but they also these big arches that you just walk in but then also what do i know and it's also been
2: devastated by fire and time
1: yeah time and fire and just all the (laughs)
3: things
2: yeah
1: and it's pretty unrecognizable now but i don't know it is it's a good question (laughs)
3: <laughs> i think they did have someone on the door because i think at one point when they announced the um soothsayer bad guy yeah. i can't i can never remember anyone's names even though i've seen this episode no like 10 I, times. I have to like,
2: write them down every um, time i mention them otherwise i will forget because
3: <laughs> it's yeah. um something something dexter uh, Lus- lucius
2: is his first name
3: lucius yeah. yes that's it yeah. pextrous dexterous <laughs> or something um, and then Kykilius is the Peter Capaldi one. So yeah, I think at one point he gets announced. He's like, here to see you is yeah. the
2: man. And isn't that guy um, the first one to get biffed by the pirate yes. writer, wasn't he? So Yes, you're well remembered,
3: yeah. yes.
2: Well, that thread's this is all is together.
1: Someone's been prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I do think it is pretty good. And I do... I know, the market bit always makes me laugh. Because again, sorry, bringing up more British actors. But the guy who they speak to, the main guy the horrible histories guy that and he was in uh that uh, cbc tv show called stupid where you played king stupid oh, yeah oh. iconic uh
2: i know i know him as dave clifton from alan partridge stuff um that's my that's my reference point mm. <laughs> sorry
1: he was giving very Delboy vibes though the way he was speaking it was like a direct inspiration of Dellboy in that Trader. scene
3: well, I love how the TARDIS is supposed to be translating in their head. So we're hearing the translations, and because because Donna's obviously very London, and yes. the Tenth Doctor's also very like, hello, I'm the Tenth Doctor. Woo. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like to like my sort of in my head. I like to think that that's what they're hearing because that's what they that's how they speak. That's what they're used to hearing. Mm. Yeah.
2: because even yeah because the 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 actor um who I will I will look it up because his name escapes me who plays Lucius. I always think of him because he's he's in like Quadrafidia. He's like a really cockney actor pro from the East End. So like everybody's really cockney in this. It's quite good.
1: Didn't he also play he,
3: The cabby the cabby from Sherlock? Sherlock.
1: Yes. That's it. Crystal, you took the words out of my mouth because yeah. I was literally about to say at the end of anytime I see this man, I just think of him going Moriarty. That's it. I just that's what I remember. <laughs>
2: His name is Phil Davis apparently according to the internet.
1: Lovely Phil. Um but no it just makes me think of that episode of Sherlock and him lying on the floor being shot. Oh sorry spoilers for Sherlock. Sh- for sorry, for sorry it's not yeah Sherlock so, podcast yeah. so there you go. Um but that's what it reminds me of. I just honestly what what a cast honestly it it it's amazing. It's amazing and the amount of characters in this you know there's so many characters I forgot how many characters there were.
2: Yeah, it's very ensemble, but everybody feels everybody's doing their bit. You know, everybody's quite well realised and and yeah, well written. I mean, yeah,
3: I would say I, I think everyone's sort of fleshed out apart from like the girls. I feel like the mm, um, yeah the, yeah, um, yeah, um, the, the, the sort of um, ensemble of soothsayers, and I, and I think they know that because I think there's this point where uh, the Temple doctor goes to see the high priestess and is able to. Uh, get get her to, well, get the, the pyroval, the, the sort of entity inside her to, like, come out. Yeah. And he says, I'm a pyroval. <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to the girls and they're, like, rocking and they're, like, pyroval, pyroval. Yeah, pyroval. yeah literally. And, it, and, and you sort of, I, I think, on the director's part, I think this is intentional. Like, I know, I think they know that the girls aren't really, like, very fleshed out and that they're just there to sort of follow along and chant along. Um, it's very knowing.
2: Yeah. but things I always wish, because I, I uh, you know, maybe I'll bring it up later in an unrelated segment, but <laughs> I don't, I think the sort of, for me, the adult, the fully grown pyroviles kind of detract from quite a sort of mature episode and I think maybe having the the Sibylline sisterhood and the Reverend Mother still have a turning into a pyrovile because I think that's an interesting thread and her design's really cool, but I think maybe making the group of soothsayers, the antagonist, would for me make it a bit more interesting, and then you can also flesh those parts out. But I know they've they've got toys to sell.
3: They just don't do a lot. They sort of they sort of just go, "There's a new prophecy." There's a new prophecy, and then what else did they do? Like, there's a new prophecy, and then um, what else did they do? They look after they look after the sisterhood. Yeah. Wait, they look after the lady. Yeah, they kidnapped yeah, Donna, the high priestess. Kidnapped on So they do bits and pieces, yeah.
2: don't they? They kind of, they always remind me of, um, what's the, the uh, series five, is it the two part up with um, Matt Smith with the like, the, is it Vampire, Vampires in Venice?
1: No, there's no, just one episode. Just one episode. Just yeah. one
2: episode. But it's a very similar thing. Like young ladies kidnapping people on the street and they're all a big secret cult.
1: This is true. Oh, there you go. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Actually, that's actually. I think I
2: get them confused in my head, especially because Karen Gillan's in this, so it all just kind of blends together in one kind of culty, you know, thing in my head. Um,
1: I mean, I love cults being explored anyway. I mean, they're not called a cult, you know, they're a sisterhood, but they are a cult in a way. Mm. And I always love that. I love when people explore those kind of storylines and like those kind of like themes within things because it's dark, man.
2: But I think they could do just yeah, maybe a bit more fleshing out, especially because Lucius is. He's also a soothsayer, but doesn't believe that women can be soothsayers.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um and I feel like there could just be a really interesting that could be, you know it's it's funny. it's funny as it is and it's enjoyable, but like I feel like you could probably actually do some good exploration. But again, we've got pyrovile toys to sell. So that's fine.
1: Yes. That's fine. With random it's Roman soldiers packaged along. That make no sense, but <laughs> yes. That was so random. That
2: is random. I still kinda of want a pyro. I want a pyrovile toy though.
1: I have one. Do you feel? Do, are you jealous? You have,
2: every, you have everything. You've got a fourteenth Doctor Sonic screwdriver. I do. Everything. Oh, well done.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I sat on the website refreshing for like an hour because I am sad. It's early am Fe- nothing if not sad. It's
2: Early September, so it's it's <laughs> it's time for me to go out weekly and try and hunt down B and M things. Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, you don't have to, out. Crystal, because you you well, you've yeah. got them.
3: Oh no, oh no, oh, no. <laughs> so you know I'm what? Link in,
1: you... <laughs> yeah. link in the show
3: notes for that review. Link in the show notes um yeah um i yeah i do have a couple of comments on my most recent video being like how have you managed to get them and i was like I just, they got me, they, they were sent to me to box, as they should <laughs> yeah as they should
1: jealous people i feel very guilty, have place I feel very guilty. Here. no as um, you should you deserve it but no link in the show notes for that video if you want to watch it genuinely we will link it um but yeah so I want to talk about something. So Crystal, something we, Elliot mm. and I have spoken about on the show many a time is especially in series two with Rose. She loves, as we're doing now, a hot girl chat. Rose loves a hot girl chat. Loves pulling across a side character, you know, usually usually a female and just has a little heart to heart. And Donna does that. And I, th- I feel like she's learned from the school of Tyler. It, it was perfect. It was perfect. It's
3: it's really cute, isn't it? Like it's really the, cute. Um, She's like, oh, so what do you what do the you young girls do? Do you go to TK Maxx? No, TK, TK Max. <laughs> TK Maximus, yeah. <laughs> but I also do think that that's quite a typical Doctor Who thing. It's like, um, it's quite old-fashioned. Like the men go off. The men, you know, David Tennant's I think uncovering the weird marble plaques or something. Yes. He's off. Yes. He's off with Peter Cavaldi's character talking about men's things, like marble plaques. <laughs> yeah. And um and then Donna's just like um, trying on frocks with the with the girl and talking about girly things and having like a little girly um, a girly time. Uh, I don't know. It's quite cute.
2: Yeah, I think it's always that stuff that interests us most, which is probably very telling about how we watch these episodes. Um.
3: <laughs> but I do really like.
1: So, Evelina, who is the girl that Donna speaks to, I think, so her name is the actress, I have it written down because I am prepared for this, uh, Francesca Fowler, who plays Evelina, I thought she was really good in this episode, like, especially the part where she's acting the doctor, like, I know who you are, bitch. I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Don't at me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's kind of, like, half tearing up and just, like...
3: It's very intense.
2: Mm.
1: It's very cool. I really like it. I thought she was really good in this. Actually, I really liked her. Yeah. And
2: it's yeah. I mean, it's a difficult thing to pull off as well, right? Because they're meant to be quite young, aren't they? They're meant to be sort of sixteenish. Those those kids are. Uh, so you've got to go ha- have that kind of ignorant kind of innocence, but also quite an intense and quite scary. I think she is probably the scariest part of the uh, of the episode. Oh, yeah. Not in a mean way. She's just, yeah. just sad and intense intense is a bit of a No she is
1: sad and intense. Yeah. And I really just like, like I actually really <laughs> There you go. Um, <laughs> but I I really I just really like her because you don't know whether to trust her or not. For a you, lot don't of hap- you, you, you don't know what's
3: going to happen you don't know what's going to happen to her really. Exactly. And it, it it doesn't seem like she's able to control this like uh power that she has. And so you you just think at any point she could turn on everyone. So so it's very unset. It's very unsettling.
2: Yeah. The episode does yeah. tension quite well because you have that, and then you also have the tension, pretty much straight away between the Doctor and Donna, where they're yeah they're you know they're at loggerheads. They're arguing because she wants the to
3: moment them. they realise it's Pompeii, and it's volcano day. <laughs> it's great. It's
1: great. <laughs> it's so
3: well <Roll> titles. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: I mean, we've said we need to get um, a segment of uh, what what Ellie what were we what were we going to call it. Um, Ten- tenantisms,
2: probably, or the way he says certain yeah, words. Yeah, probably because we do we do just say words now, don't we? Satsuma.
1: Yeah, like last week's episode when he said "cat flap." The way he cat said cat, "cat flap" was flap. very pleasing.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's got a good voice.
3: Love and that man. It's I love just that man. That like instead of just saying "Barcelona," it's like "Barcelona." Yeah, it's just very it's very affected, isn't it? It's like everything's quite it's emphasis on everything, um, or like. Um, Oh yes. oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. It's good. Every time. But, my yeah, yeah. I feel like he can sort of be... Like, obviously, there's people out there who can do an amazing impressions. And I always reduce David Tennant down to... Uh, you may have seen my 10th Doctor Rampage on oh, yes. IP fans. But, like, it is basically, oh, yes. And, well. And and lots of heavy breathing through your teeth. Like, <laughs> I'm, the on- I'm the only one less- left. I'm the only one left. Yeah and just very like just sort of yeah heavily just just sort of like um just lots of cock- cockney even though he's not really that It's cockney. a lot.
2: Um... Cuz we were saying <laughs> last week like when we did partners in crime how impressive it is how even miming I can just hear everything in his voice because it's so he's even able to enunciate his mimes in such an odd way. It's great. What a cool
1: Like run. You just hear the runner. It's not run. It's runner. Yeah. <laughs> run. What I like, and you know, Crystal, you mentioned it at the start. It's t- again, *Time Lord Victorious* is coming. It's on its way. It's it's approaching fast, and there's but a then sense also foreboding. Exactly. Say. But then there's also that 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 wonderful comedy coming in again. You yeah, know, the water pistol. It, amazing. It's amazing, and you know it. I just, you know, I made a note of this. Like David and Catherine in this episode, again, are on top form. Like, they're obviously incredible actors, as we know. But in this episode, I feel like they just, you know, they called cut and they heard
0: <laughs> the word I'm
1: not going to say because I don't want to bleep it out. But you know what I mean? That's what they heard and they and they gave it. They gave it, you know, especially Catherine at the end. I mean, geez. Every time I watch this episode, that bit always never fails to make me just like, I uh, watched a bit, it you again
3: know. in preparation for this podcast, and I feel like I've seen series four. I've seen it multiple times. I've seen that episode multiple times, but every time I watch it, that bit still like almost makes me tear up. Yeah, same. and I also think I, I remember back then when they announced Catherine Tate. Obviously, mm-hmm. everyone knew her from the Catherine Tate Show. She was yeah. known as a comedy, uh, a comedy person. And she is just acting her socks off. Yeah. And it's that point where you're like, okay, she can act. Because Partners in Crime was quite lighthearted. Yeah. And then this is like, and obviously Christmas Invasion. No, sorry, not Christmas Invasion. Um, Runaway Bride. What's it called? Run- yeah. Runaway Bride is very lighthearted as well. And this is sort of the first time you really see her kind of upset, actually. Well than like laughing and joking all the time. Uh so yeah it's it's amazing. And then then we continue getting that that sort of range, mm. you know, because in um the ood episode, Planet of the Ood, mm-hmm. she's very, very uh she's very upset by the song. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. When um she meets the servants, the uh the oods, the ood who haven't been processed and yeah, she uh, and, and the doctor lets, you know, does the t- telepathy and lets her hear the song. She's just like, really. Yeah. And it's nice as well with, for from a, you know, so there's, obviously there's Catherine Tate and her amazing acting and that, that sort of range, but there's also the journey her character goes on. She, she begins her journey as someone who's, you know, quite, uh, she answers back a lot. She's really got mouth on her, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, she's always funny. And you start to see more of a real side, and she—it really changes her, and that—that's what makes it at the end. What happens at the end? That's what makes it so heartbreaking, because all of this character development is white, and it's like when I think it's Wilf when Wilf says, "You know, she was better with you. She was better with you," like because she—they even recognise that she had changed so much. Yeah from her experience and it's just absolutely crushing to let all that go
1: honestly usually in this moment i would have said save crystal save it but i didn't want to cut you off because you made some amazing points there no honestly you're so right no you're so right like watching catherine in this i mean we mentioned it last week didn't we Elliot? about how when she was cast there was just this uproar of like, no, she's not, no, we can't have her. She's just, she's she, she can only do funny. And it's like, she she basically went, well, shove that up your
2: ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's... Yeah. It's like the second time that Russell T Davis has done that as well, right? Because the same thing happened with Billy Piper. Yeah. But like, she's yeah. a yep. pop star, she's not an actor. And then she's, you know, I mean, she's able to give Chris Hickleston a run for his money in terms of acting ability in series one. Um. Yeah. So... Yeah. It's good. Amazing. I like it when that happens. And I can't believe we're getting to, you know, all of that was very sad. I mean, we feel quite sad about what happens to Donna. We're going to get three follow-up episodes to find out in like two months.
1: Oh my God, don't. Don't!
2: <laughs> Just a little bit of excitement for everybody. So exciting.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: September, it's so two excited. months away.
3: I feel very, um, I feel very, I, I, I know we're not talking about, we're not supposed to be talking about the 60th episodes. We're supposed to be talking yeah, about the fires hon- of, of Honestly, time, it's Honestly, it's, it's fine. It's I feel fine. Like,
2: allowed to... She can boss me around, but you yeah, get... Yeah. You get caught carpal- I feel
3: like... Um, I feel like... Obviously, Doctor Who's loved by a, lo- a lot of people and obviously the 60th is is something that... You know, it's a big celebration for everyone. But I feel like David Tennant fans, particularly like myself, and Series 4 fans, particularly, are going to be so spoiled. And I feel really like... It's um, sort like of slightly guilty because... Obviously, I know that everything that's going to be in the specials is going to be geared towards people like me. Like, I know that there's... And hopefully there will be treats in there for, like, fans in general. Like, maybe there's going to be some stuff in there that they haven't hinted towards yet. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, you know, who knows if there's other people who are going to appear in it or if there's, you know... I don't know. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Because for a 60th, you, you you would have thought that there would be some more nods to the past. So, but on the whole, I'm, I'm just so excited to see my fave, David Tennant, even though he's the 14th, he's <laughs> he's, he's going to be playing the 10th, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he's going to be playing. The yeah, same. exactly. You've got Donna, you've got that family, you've got Will, obviously, Bernard Cribbins, sadly, no longer with us. Um, Sylvia Noble, Jack King, King. like it's just, um and seeing her, you know, what, what's going on in her life and her family and her daughter as well. So yeah. I'm just like, I can't wait to see those characters again.
1: It's gonna
2: be overwhelming. Yeah. It's gonna be very overwhelming. It's gonna be
3: epic. I mean, our listeners know,
1: like we are R T D girlies through and through. Mm-hmm. Like I we I mean, we love the show in its entirety, you know, but R T D era is absolutely our bread and butter. It's our it's our thing, it's what made us love the show. And I think what some haters online need to just get over is the fact that he is the one that brought it back. So by darn it, he's allowed to do what he wants to do in the 60s. Just just let him have some... He's, he's been away for a long time. Just let him do his thing. He knows what he's doing. And it's going to be an utter treat because we get stuff like this again. You know, we get to see more of these characters go a little bit deeper. You know, Moffat, we love you, babe. We love you, babe. Chris, Chibbies, we love you. But <laughs> we just want a little bit more...
3: Of this, just a bit of this. I think also, you know, in terms of doing a big celebration for Doctor Who, yes, and bridging the gap between what's come before and obviously the new era. If you think about David Tennant's era, Doctor Who really was sort of in the mainstream. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Russell brought back Doctor Who, and it was huge. And you know, you had every Saturday night. It was, a, it was a, it was something that most people were watching like I feel like it's one of those things where when I have conversations with people now oh you like Doctor Who oh I used to watch that say, yeah, oh, that yeah. David it, pretty much every time that happens that they'll say I watched it when David Tennant was the doctor although or, or, or Christopher Epperson, or Matt Smith sometimes but usually it's David Tennant and it's I think it is also I think I think it's I mean, partially, I think, just because they want to do it, but I think also it is a good thing to do because uh, it's going to get lapsed fans, hopefully, tuning in. I mean, I, I did a video on my reels. It was a stupid little video, just me reacting to some some of the promotional pictures. And for some reason, it's managed to sort of uh, go beyond the, the, the fan base. It's got... Um, over three hundred thousand views, and it's oh, sort gosh, of wow. yeah, yeah. It's got it's sort of got into the mainstream, and now I've got all these comments going. Oh my god, I had no idea David Tennant was coming back. Oh my god, oh, god wow. like or or oh my god, Doctor Who's still on. What Doctor Who? What Doctor Who's coming back? What? Wow. So it just goes to show that actually, like the sort of public perception of it. we, 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 we as fans, we're in a bubble, but the public perception of it is it's this thing that used to be on TV. Yeah, used absolutely. to be really popular. Oh, I don't know. And lots of people are like, oh, what's happened to it? What's that? is it still on? Is it what's it? And so hopefully this will put it back on the map to bridge that gap. But then obviously going to Shooty's era, we're gonna. Ha- I think we're gonna see a real sort of gear shift.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think we, 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 we're gonna bring the so basically this is the 60th. Bring lapsed fans back on board. Yep. And then new era Shooty, it's gonna be all about getting new audiences. I think. Absolutely. I think they know what they're doing. I think it is like it's not. Oh yeah. You know, there's 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 obviously it's, they want they wanted it because it's it's going to be a laugh, but also there's strategy to it
2: as well. I also think as well sometimes mm. fans kind of fail to sort of take into account like just logistics of like actors having real lives, and I think like David Tennant feels very much like the like the sort of the Patrick Troughton of this era where he will just come back for anything. He doesn't care. Like, whereas, you know, you're not going to... Re- like, Chris Rikerston, love him to death. You know, he, you're never going to get him on set ever filming Doctor Who again. Um, you know, I like... I think Peter Capaldi is just busy and doing things. Um, you know, Matt Smith is busy and doing things. And obviously Jodie's just left. So it's just, you know, like he's just the one who... David Turner will just drop everything to do some Doctor Who because he loves it. Um, so, you know, I feel like sometimes it's also just an issue of logistics, which is fine. But, you know... Just because we want everybody, you can't always you can't always get
3: everyone. We just we want the modern day five doctors. It would be it's so like, good. That's yes. what we want With, secretly yeah. isn't it? With
2: deleted scenes of Christopher Eccleston from something to fill in and a wax work of him. I, I imagine. That, yeah, I
3: was going to say like <laughs> when they had the fourth Doctor as the wax work. Yeah. Obviously, the wax work in the modern era is going to be Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. <laughs> like.
4: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh,
1: I, I, I would pay to see that person. We'll just name. like animate some
2: like audio clips from his Big Finish adventures. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, AI is whack these days. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> whack.
2: Who knows? Anyway,
1: whack. Hey, hey, love it, love it. But um. <laughs> I was going to say, Crystal, something you brought up. I think it's really interesting is how, like, as fans, we are in this echo chamber a little bit. And uh, in my personal life, weirdly, Shooty is bringing a lot of people in. Like, I have a friend and he was saying to me, I've never seen an episode, literally not seen a single clip, which, one, rude, but two, get life. Um, <laughs> he, he was like, he was like, I'm actually going to start watching him when he's in it because I love him in sex education. And I'm like, oh,
3: yeah. Incredible. It's really, it's really clever casting, actually, because if you think about the doctors we've had in the modern era, especially the most recent, so you know Jodie and Peter Capaldi, yeah, they're people who are sli- slightly older, um, and they're not really on social media. They haven't really got that following. They certainly really, they, they certainly didn't bring a young following to the show when they joined. Jodie was in board, ch- board Church. Peter Capaldi, people knew him from. From the thick of it, I think that was a surprise to people when he was cast.
0: Yeah, uh, it was. As, yeah. As the
3: Doctor. Whereas with this, I mean, if if you're gonna relaunch the show, which basically is what this is, it's sort of like I mean, I feel like it, the show has a soft reboot every time there's a new showrunner, doesn't it? But it this is this is a real big chance to put back, Doctor Who back on the, you know back into the sort of the sort of mainstream really, and so it's really clever casting because you've got young. Actor who is in a show that, you know, sex, ed, sex, ed, everyone, you know, it's a streaming, it's a streaming audience, isn't it? Um, and the other thing is he, he, you know, he's he uses social media and he's really active on social media. And the other thing, I, I'm going to say this, he is absolutely gorgeous. He's stunning. Like, and we. I'm not being funny. Like, we haven't really had, like, a pin-up Doctor. Like, I think David Tennant was a bit like... He had that sort of nerdy... David Tennant and Matt Smith had that sort of nerdy Britishness, which the Americans love. Yeah, yeah of all course. All the ang- Anglophiles, they love all that. That sort of nerdy that nerdy look. And that that was really big um, when Matt Smith was the Doctor. Apparently, um, it, it made, in Top Man, I think bow ties became, like, the... They did, yeah. Top-selling. You know, so... That was back then. That was what people, you know, were going for. Whereas, you know, he—I mean, he's on the front of like Vogue, or, like all these like magazines, like modeling. Like he's yeah. like, really ripped. He goes to the gym. He is absolutely like... stunning. He is
1: a gorgeous <laughs> man. Honestly, though, I also think you know you make a really good point because I think another thing he does is obviously there's a massive. Is what we talk about on the podcast all the time—the queer fan base—that you know, yes, as you know, and. A lot of the fandom, I would say, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating it a tad. I would say, again, because I'm in an echo chamber, maybe 80% of the fandom to me is is queer in some respect. And I think he also, especially with recent interviews he's done, um, and he actually recently publicly came out. Um, I saw it on Gay Times oh, Instagram. He? Yeah, he was like, yeah, I've come out. As yeah. He came out as queer properly for the first time which is amazing and the fact that he was he felt comfortable to do that is amazing but I think what's really nice is that he he basically I feel like he's coming out and going if you don't want to get with it tough because I'm here you know what I mean it's lovely to see I think it's really nice I mean Jodie kind of did that a little bit I feel like her doctor really you know I mean anytime she's at a convention um it's just lesbians and it's wonderful it's a wonderful thing to (laughs) behold truly it's amazing um but i think he really is coming in and saying like we're not we're not if you don't want to get with the times it's quite frankly tough shit because i'm here now and it's going to be iconic and if you don't want to be here then you're lost
3: yeah i do think as well russell is also going into it with that attitude and the casting for the upcoming series you know you've got someone from drag race and was yasmin finney and it's and you know neil patrick harris so you've got all of these like queer icons so I think it's um yeah I can't remember um obviously you know Russell is a gay icon queer oh icon yeah. oh, and yeah. um you know he's he's gonna want to make sure that the show has that representation and I think as well since he last wrote for the show I mean back then you had obviously the doctor kissing Jack in like 2005 which was a big deal uh really i think back then and you know as a youngster seeing that you know it is it's it's a really good thing and you know obviously things have moved on a lot since then and um and i just think yeah i just think it's it's really exciting isn't it
1: it's very exciting um we've exciting spoken time. about we've spoken about it many times especially when we did um parting of the ways we spoke about how um so for me uh Jack kissing nine was my first ever same sex kiss on screen i've I'd seen at that point that was my first one, and I was like, Oh my gosh i mean- R- russell Russell was my queer awakening, like I've said this before yeah. So like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean like a lot of the like doctor who was part of massive part of that because he he you know he he was brave enough to put that in you know the show at the time because obviously back then it wasn't as common
2: to see. But, and yeah and there's the thing though it's like, wonderful with being online and echo chambers. thing right is there are people who will say that having like like yasmin finney as like one of the leads in the 60th is like bare minimum stuff but for the way the media talk about and the way the public conversation is held by politicians and the media about trans people at the moment it's actually really brave and subversive and is a big fuck you from them to do it you know obviously in online sort of queer leftist spaces it's like well you know why wouldn't you because you know that's just a nice, normal thing to do. But in terms of actually the show going back into the mainstream, it's an incredibly bold move, and it's a really cool thing to happen.
1: I yeah. love it. Queer joy, queer love. It's it's just it's it's a beautiful time to be a fan. I think it makes me teary. It makes me teary in the best way.
3: Well, the other thing I always think when there's a new era of Doctor Who, because we've had many now in Me yes. Who, as well as, <laughs> yes. as well, obviously classic. But in in the time we've been fans, we've Seen so many resets, so many relaunches, and I always think with every new doctor and every new show showrunner, there are all of these people out there, all of these potential fans who don't know it yet. They don't realize it yet, but the show is going to touch their lives in the same way oh, it did us. I love that. I love that. And love that. I'm so excited. There are all these youngsters out there who don't know it yet, but Shooty is going to be their doctor. Yeah. And Russell and Shooty is going to change their lives. Yeah. I think it be so good. I that gave me a
1: chill then. Sorry, that actually gave me a chill when you said that. I was like, but no, it's, it's so wonderful. It's a wonderful time and it's a wonderfully queer time. And if you don't want to get along with it, like we said, well, it's their loss. move on. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them.
2: Fuck
3: them. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> in layman's terms, fuck Yeah, em. final but words yeah. on that. Fuck um, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, back to the to to the, to the old episode that we that we were that we were just talking about for a second um something i want to bring up which i find really interesting it's obviously it's kind of an, an obvious point it's been pointed out in fandom for years but the flashback kind of to the time war the kind of hint to the time war because you obviously you see the moment where ten make, makes the realization that he is That you know he is behind pompeii and the volcano erupting and everything well him and donna because donna makes i just love this bit when donna puts her hands on ten's hands and is like i'm gonna do it with you Mm -hmm. i think that's really lovely um i love that kind of oh say at this point the 50th hadn't come out but it really reminded me of the scene in the 50th with you know 10 11 um with the war doctor kind of Helping him, I don't know. I just really loved that bit. I think there was just a lot of symbolism with that moment, and just a lot to, to ponder about. I really loved it. And I for, um, I
2: forgot that it happened.
1: Yeah, me As too. Well. Like, I knew. I, <laughs> I, I
2: remember Pompeii being a fixed point in time, but I don't. I didn't remember that happening, and I was. I was like, oh, that's. that's good. Yeah. That's a nice moment. Chills, chills when he realizes it was good.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, Catherine just giving giving us performance, giving us. <laughs> incredible incredible performance
2: yeah and
1: and it just makes me want to cry again
2: it sort of shows that the the since the kind of reboot that change in in tone and everything else because you know again you know we love love all the classics but there's a couple of episodes where they like inadvertently cause like a world disaster and it's just kind of like a fun little ha -ha!" um yeah yeah they (laughs) start they start the great fire of london and it's like a little you know fun little moment at the end of the episode but you know I like it that this is this is a bit more serious it's more grounded having to set off the yeah. the volcano at pompeii is not like a fun little you know cheeky time traveler story it's quite it's quite ser- it's but it's serious it's very serious
1: but then how it kind of plays into well it's one of my favorite parts of the plot and the whole thing is how the the sisters can't because uh, you know um, Donna and Ten are kind of hinting at like oh, you know tomorrow big day and they're like what are you talking about and then you realize it's because it, it hadn't it wasn't going to happen until he turned up and you know it's it's all very clever it's all very clever it's all very the word that we always use timey It's it's great it's so great and but again it's just I think what makes it what makes it for me is I just think Catherine Tate carries this episode on her back. I mean, is anyone, has anyone checked in on this woman after carrying this episode <laughs> on her back? There's a my lot God. of weight
2: to be carrying around.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just, you know, Donna as a character in this episode is just one of my favorite Donna episodes, the like Donna moments as well.
3: Where um, you know... it's, my, it's one of the things I really like about Russell's writing, particularly because Rose does this as well in the uh, end of the world. It's that thing mm-hmm. of, you know the 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 companion is sort of, well, we're sort of see- we're sort of seeing a situation through the the companion's eyes. It's like they're they're like they they're carrying the episode yeah, because yeah. it's it's the doctor's world, but like we're accessing it via the role of the companion. So I think that's why they carry so much of the emotional weight. Because at the end of the day, they're a person. And I think to have that, I think you need that because realistically, meeting this person who can who's an alien, who can take you anywhere in time and space, that's huge. And like I love how Rose reacts to it in the end of the world. She's just like it completely blows her mind. And I think similarly with Donna, she really struggles with some of some of the stuff that happens. And that's really important. And I think what got lost a bit later on, particularly with companions like Clara, is they just take it in their stride way too much, and they just enjoy it way too much. And I think Clara, it got to the point where Clara didn't really seem very affected by anything. She was so perfect and so like invincible, and yes, it yeah. lost its sort of sense of realism. And that's why I love it when like you know Jackie ends up in TARDIS because she's just she's so believable as a character and she's so unlikely like it's like what like this just this mum like you, like why would like what's she doing in time and space and there's nothing to really be <laughs> particularly magical about her she's really normal um so i feel like what's what's so bring to bring it back to this episode i think what is done really well here is is donna's sort of like um yeah, like, the way that Donna reacts, everything feels very realistic, I think, anyway.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, because she feels like someone you could know. Yeah, that's what we always say. We've been asked about, you know, your ideal companion and things like that. We always say, honestly, just working class people from contemporary Earth, because it yeah. gives most people that hook into the show to see things through through their experiences. And, yeah, Donna feels like, it's the same thing when we love Jackie, right? She feels like someone you've known at some point through your life. She feels like everybody's mum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah i agree with that
1: yeah and i think as well what i really really love about that kind of element of especially this era of the show and within this episode is the doctor is learning like i said from the start the doctor is also learning from their companion you know I can't just be this closed off, you know, you know, I'm I'm a time Lord. This is my job. This is my, the burden that I have to carry, but it doesn't mean that I can't try and just save people because she's right. I can't just live my life like this anymore. And I just love that. Like, you know, you can visibly see it. And again, because David is a stunning performer. You can just see in his face slowly. He's just changing his mind. Yeah. I know. Just his eyes. It's just in the eyes. Really. You're just like, Oh, my God, he's yeah. literally, literally going to go back and save the family. You can see I it. Think, Just one eyebrow raise. Yeah,
3: it's why the Doctor likes to travel around with humans, really, because, you know, he's come from this background, which is obviously the Time Lord and that sort of superiority, and he really doesn't want to be like that. And um, I remember this quote. I mean, it might, it might be a Stephen Moffat quote. I can't remember where it originated, but I, uh, I think, I think it's him. He said, Sherlock. If you remember how Sherlock behaves, Sherlock is a human trying to be God, and the Doctor is like the God trying to be human.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that.
3: Um, like yeah, and that's sort of what differentiates those characters. But yeah, the Doctor's the Doctor is trying to not be like the Time Lords because he hates them so much. Like he just want, He's just like no, and so he really and I think sometimes he's really conflicted. Yeah. And how to behave.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. because
3: He's trying to do the right thing. Yeah.
2: You almost feel like he hates, yeah. like, like towards the start of the episode, uh, you know, when, when, uh, you know, I can't, remember the, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but Donna basically asks, you know, why he gets to make a decision. He has to sort of pull out the credentials of, you know, Time Lord Tardis. I get to make the choices. But you almost, every time he says it, it just doesn't feel right. You get the sense that that's not, yeah, you know, he doesn't want to have to sort of pull rank, essentially. Um, no. And it,
0: he
1: he hates
3: it he hates it yeah
1: i think as well what i like again about how you know what we learn about the doctor in this episode is like the decisions that the doctor has to make and again i think we'd all be donna in this episode if we were in this episode if we were a character in the show we would all be like I would be a mess. I'd be like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, we have to save someone. We have to do something. And I think, but then you also get the doctor's perspective and you really understand it properly. Like really, truly you go, but this is, this is like a hard decision because honestly, just saving this family, I could be splitting a hole in the world. But again, it's like, he's just like, he you, does no, take risks. Yeah. He takes he does a massive take risks with risk. that. Yeah. And I think what's nice is that, like I said, I've just said it about three different times in the episode, but phrased it differently. But again, it's just like, I have, to, I, I, I am the doctor. This name, I gave myself this name for a reason. My job is to save people. And I don't care what the risk, I don't care what, what the outcome is anymore. It, it's, you know, and it's actually quite a big thing, a quite a big theme and kind of, uh, to bring into the series so early on, because we're only in episode two. Of series four, and it's such a massive theme that it's been brought into it. But
2: then, again, like we talking about in Partners in Crime, where you've got you have Rose is in Partners in Crime, which we always forget about. The bees are disappearing. Um, oh, there's another one. I can't remember what one. The other. There's another setup in that one. But in
1: oh well, oh, hang on, pyrovillia has gone missing.
2: Pyra, yeah, Pyrovillia yeah. In this episode, yeah, it's,
3: yeah. it's the planets It's all. It's all
2: headed yeah, towards
3: all the... finale, really, because it's yeah. all the yeah. hints towards she is she is returning yeah. and there's something exactly. on your back. Yeah. So yeah.
2: that's what we love because it doesn't feel like finales just come out of nowhere. They're, actually, they're yeah. all building to a point. But I forgot how early on that something on your back is brought up.
3: So, like, I'm not being funny, right? But the, the, not like, like, the hints come, the, these little hints are like in every episode, right? If you think about like The Timeless Child, it's mentioned like once in one in series one, the first series, her first, Joey, Joey's first series, and it just like, doesn't come back. For ages, and then it's like, oh, do you remember the time as child? Well, here, 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 she is. This is it, and everyone should care about this. Like, yes. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not intrigued. You haven't like, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't reeled me in. You need to, you need to keep giving me those little, little nuggets, those little like tasty little morsels, a little, you know, like little sprinkles of fish feed. You know, yeah, sprinkles. yeah. yeah. Little- <laughs> And you just say, oh, that's tasty. Mm. Like you need, you need these little hints. I love foreshadowing. foreshadowing.
1: Foreshadowing is important. Yeah, no.
2: like, some of it's, Do you know what I mean? Like so, un- some of it's so subtle, but it's so good and so rewarding. You know, I mean, series one is is yeah. the build up to Bad Wolf and what that means. And series two is the build up to Torchwood oh. mostly. Series three is all the vote yeah. Saxon stuff and Yana, and then yeah, the series. Mm-hmm. This series, there's almost too many to count. And even in the specials, you get the four knocks. Like, yeah. all, each one Yay. has its own defined mystery that it's building to, it, and they all feel like satisfying payoffs. Yes, yeah. genius. My, I
1: think though, like, yeah, you just can't beat a Dutch angle of someone zooming in slowly, being like, "She is returning," and it's like, yeah, I love it.
2: It's like, it's even so though, good. Yeah, like, even though we know what that means, it's still, I don't know, it felt creepier than just seeing Rose last episode. I was like, oh my god. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. yeah, but then also later on, I'm going to say this and then save it, but. <laughs> in midnight with rose on the screen it's like
3: what Ah! i remember when i saw that yeah i saw her face appear on the screen i think i was watching it on my own as well i had nobody to turn to to be like oh my god did you see it did you see it like nobody to discuss it with um so exciting it's it's gorgeous we're probably gonna get this again though i know know because it's, it's his style of doing things. And
2: that's the thing, I don't know if it's because isn't we it? Russell yeah. grew so. up with it. So it's like how I like my drama to be written, but we do often just descend into just being like, oh, Russell's so good, isn't he? He's so he's so clever. He's so good at writing.
1: We call him father a lot in this. <laughs> he's, just father.
2: Yeah. And Lafayette. He's a mate, yeah. He is a mate. Father. Father Russell.
1: Honestly, that man yeah. is just, just mad genius. Mad,
3: wonderful, beautiful genius. He's just a fantastic writer, really. And I think also, since... Since he he was last on Doctor Who, he's done so much amazing stuff since you know years and years. It, it's a sin cucumber, you know, cucumber banana, um, and, and and you know lots of other lots of other projects as well. So he's writing his, you know he's he's done a lot since you know and yeah.
1: And do you know what? It's really interesting. A lot of people that I follow just casually online. I like seeing him out in the wild a lot recently. I don't know what, maybe Russell's doing a lot of social things, I don't know. But what I really like is that I think now he's, I hope he's understanding how much he's affected all of our lives. Like, um, y- You've done some good, dude. You've done some real good and you've really influenced our lives. You know, he's my, like, it's really nice He's my to most see.
2: conflicted, would love to meet because I'm sure he's lovely and also, you know, he's such a big inspiration but also could not approach because I'd be like, it's too intense if I'm like, thank you for making me the, the human being I am today, that's quite a lot to take on if you're just walking down the street. Yeah, can't um, do it. <laughs> but, you know. Will
3: not do it, can't do it. I find, I find interactions with celebs at conventions really weird because, so I met David Tennant at uh, it was Collectomania. So it was the, the organizers, it, we used to organize LFCC, Collectomania is not really a thing anymore. I think it was in 2010, maybe, 2011. And, and I paid. Uh, to be honest, back then this was a bargain. I think I paid about forty quid to get his autograph. Oh wow, wow! So obviously it's hundreds of pounds now.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of money for
3: me back then. I was a student, and uh, I was obviously so excited. This, this is the only time I've ever met David Tennant, and I was dressed up in my spacesuit outfit, and <laughs> I walked up. You know, it was my turn to go, and I walked out, and, and I said, you know, you go you like you? he goes, oh, he I like your, he I like outfit.
1: Yeah,
3: and I was like, thanks. I like. And of the picture. Yeah. And our in our interaction lasted about thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. And I just find that so weird. It's it's, it's strange. Brush with brush with someone who means so much to you, but you're not. You don't really have that chance to really like connect. Like they, because they're obviously seeing like hundreds of people. Like if you say, I I, I know that that like, if I spent more time, just like said how much he you know it was his to me so he's hearing that every single person say that I'm sure and I just I'm just like I'm like I don't know I just I was a bit sort of shy about it. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's so weird though because for you I mean for me back then it was this was it was a huge moment meeting, you know, the Lieutenant you know I felt like I don't know, I was so full of adrenaline, I was so like I was too bit too scared to speak. Mm -hmm. and for him he's on the other end of the table and every every single person in that queue is feeling the same he's just he's one person he's one person at the end of the table he's set up he's he's an actor right he's like going to convention getting paid to go to convention is is part of you know it's a gig and and he's like oh gonna be lots of fans today that's nice you know He's gonna be pretty chill. He's going like, "Oh thanks!" Like he's getting these compliments. Oh thanks! And then every single person he's coming out. He's getting like he's getting like, the other side of that table. The emotion is like there's a sort of like imbalance. Like like it's all these like coming out to him shaking and my am is shaking. Like you know, like, uh, yeah. And it must be really intense. I'm sure I was probably quite intense.
2: I've never been. I've never been to a con, so it's our big objective is to get me down to
3: oh amazing. Well, me, you
2: know. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I tell you who I'll tell you who's really amazing at conventions. Yeah. Paul McGann. Mm. <gasps> I
2: Every, love that man. I wanna he's meet an angel. him. Every interaction he's a real I see angel. from Soul meeting Paul McGann, he really has the time for everybody. He takes his yeah. time, yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah, like I really think for does. you, Elliot, yeah. Colin Baker's a big one. Oh, We've got to get you to meet Colin. Yeah, so I wanna meet Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, Peter Davison, Paul again.
3: They're they're a lot easier to I think those Colin, Sylvester McCoy and um Davidson are much easier to have lengthy interactions with, obviously, because they're like they do a lot more stuff. They they do a lot of conventions and there's a lot of a lot of cons they do. I have been to conventions where they've just been hanging out in the bar. Oh <laughs> or like Sylvester McCoy, I think it might have been Big Finish Day or something, and um he was sitting in the bar having his he's a little chip of tea on his own.
1: I love that man. And, I love that um
3: man. <laughs> They're just a, they're just about and sometimes you're able to just you know get yeah them. and like i remember i mean obviously it's like dr sophie Aldred, like yeah. was that big finish day and i had really long kept with her and they definitely holding up the queue because like everyone's yeah. like chill and that's nice um I so that, i only like smaller conventions yeah.
1: that's the thing i
2: think so, yeah, for if, that, we went yeah. to, if we went to one yeah. it would have to be a slightly a slightly smaller one um yeah yeah
1: it's just a lot. The other ones are a lot. I'm not going to lie. Um, but like, Crystal, I, I can't imagine how you felt in a professional capacity when you had to interview Peter, for example.
3: Oh, do <laughs> Well, I think it's pretty evident in that video where I, I'm barely able, able to speak. Oh, you can't tell.
1: No, honestly, I'm not just saying that really? you can't. You really I've can't.
3: If I did that interview now, I think I probably would come across a lot more constant. but. I remember how it felt. I remember being so nervous. And obviously, yeah, like you said, having to do this, have, sort of having to do a professional job also, like not fangirling too much. And, but he made it feel, he made it feel very easy because like he, like, I was absolutely breaking it. I don't think I've ever been more nervous. Like my heart was beating so fast. You can't and, tell. You, and, can't tell. Honestly, really. you can't tell.
1: Honestly, Yeah, you can't and, tell. And, um,
3: because it was the first sort of big interview that I did. But yeah, he just, he made that, he made every, every aspect of that, like, so easy. And um, he was so willing to answer the, you know, obviously answer the questions. And I think you probably could see our I was like fangirling a bit.
1: <laughs> I mean um, you know he's just one of those I feel like Peter Capaldi is a very cosy person he comes off very cosy I don't know cosy yeah. yeah and is
2: also yeah. a massive yeah. Doctor Who nerd as well I feel like he's gone through oh, that yeah. in his youth as well Yeah, you know, he's experienced being just a massive yeah. Doctor Who nerd so maybe he's a bit more sort of understanding yeah. of of yeah the excitement
3: yeah I think the more the more that I sort of did interviews obviously I interviewed and I think I interviewed Peter Capaldi about three times um well, there was yeah, I think about three times. I can't remember. Um, but met him, met him a few more times outside of that as well. And every time I met him, it got like I got more comfortable like in his presence. And I think towards the end, I think there's in I think my, my last year of doing a fan show, I I did a sit down with Russell, and I, I'd actually met Russell at a um, a convention. Well, it was it was a it was a queer event oh yeah L- L- t- t event. so i'd met him a couple of times before once or twice and then did did the interview with him and and i think by that point i think i would gained a lot of com- like a lot more confidence as an interviewer and I, even though i was still like really bricking it i remember feeling like much more able to like control my nerves and stuff and i think um so i think t- towards the end i think i was able to kind of like suppress stuff a bit more um but but honestly if that if i got to interview david Tennant, i don't think i would be able to cope
1: so speaking of peter capaldi like you did just a second ago i mean look the man the myth the legend he's he's really good in this i i think he's a massive standout in this i think he's wonderful in this episode and i feel like the scene at the end when the doctor comes to save how do you say his character name for god's sake i'm terrible i'm terrible is it
3: Cyclopes, yeah. Cyclopes,
1: Car- like, yeah. 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 Let's say that. Cyclopes. Um, when he comes back to save them, and he reaches for his hand, that scene just has a whole different meaning now. Whole different meaning, and it's so cool.
2: Even before, just that, like, even before, I think it had all this sort of other meaning to it. Just the way that's shot with the light coming out of the TARDIS and that low angle, and the ash falling on them, like Peter Capaldi's face. Just the way he sells that that moment of looking, sort of a combination of distraught and also relieved is it's a, it's a really beautiful moment. Um, it's lovely.
1: Yeah. Like, And when they're on the Hill as well, and you can just see that their hope in uh the gods, as it were, is just completely shattered, but they have, a, they have a new pair of gods to look up to. And what, what, what an amazing, amazing pair of gods they are. Honestly, I, I would thank them every day if, and make a, stone slab if i could
2: (laughs) i do like um the you know i think it was probably quite a good stroke by by uh james moran the writer that they are they're just a normal family like they they feel like a contemporary family like right at the end when you're having a little wrap-up and you know um evelina isn't it is the is the uh, is the daughter and she's going out and the epic part is like you're not going out dressed like that uh yeah it's just (laughs) makes it a bit more a bit more fun it's what all the girls
1: are wearing in rome these days it's great (laughs) yeah yeah love it's brilliant.
2: yeah so they feel like a proper little family
1: i just feel like we they're just they're just all these lovely nuggets now that at the time they didn't even know they were doing them and now when you look back it's yeah. like wow they didn't even know that these little moments mean so much more like it almost how many years later it's really cool yeah
2: it uh it has what mean called the gridlock effect where for me yes. i go through the list of episodes and i go yeah I don't need to watch *Fires of Pompeii*, and then I watch it for some reason. Either I'm doing a whole rewatch, or we're doing this, and I go, "Oh, this is really good. Why don't I watch it's this?" Really good. Yeah. Why don't I ever actually watch this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very fun. So yeah. No, I had a lot of fun. It's a good episode.
1: Okay, so we're at the wrap up where we talk about our standout moment or didn't work our most doctory moment and our favourite quote. Crystal, I'm going to head to you first because you are our guest today. So standout moment from Pfizer Pompeii.
3: So for me, I think I have to say the standout moment has to be where the... It's the whole sequence where the volcano has exploded and they're running through the market and there's that child crying and Donna is in despair. And it's so, she's so helpless, you know, she knows these, all these people are going to die. She's desperate. She's really trying to get the Doctor to save someone. And then so from that from that point up until the interaction in TARDIS where she's like, please just save someone. And he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. For me, that's the standout moment for that episode. Not even the decision, not even the decision bit where they press it, It's it's after, it's that like, that bit where she asks and begs him to save somebody,
1: yeah, nice one, Elliot. What about you?
2: Um, it's. I think we did touch on it briefly. It's the moment where uh, Lucius and Evelina are both kind of trying to out each other about who the Doctor is. Because um, it's weird enough when Evelina comes in, and then when Lucius joins in and says and calls him like the man from Gallifrey. And it just all gets really oh, dark yes. all of a sudden. You've got all the canted angles of of David and there's all the red lighting coming up from the steam vent. It is a great moment. I loved it.
1: That is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that.
2: Daniel, what's your standout moment?
1: Mine is just after yours, Crystal, when uh, Donna's begging the doctor to save someone. Just that in little tiny interaction, that moment, where she's like, just save someone, please. Please. And it's like, my heart is breaking.
3: It's a look That's of desperation cool. on her face.
1: It's um, it's mad. It, it's amazing. Um, so going from positive to more of a negative, what didn't work for you in this episode, Crystal? Um, I wrote some
3: notes. Oh, you yeah, Well, there's just a couple of odd bits that didn't really make sense to me. So like, the bit where Donna's kidnapped, the doctor just turned up Without any explanation as to how he got there, like how he found it, like he's just like, oh, here I, like here I am.
2: I thought I'd, I, I thought I'd yeah. I thought I'd missed a bit of the episode. Like I checked my phone and like someone had told him something, but no, I think he does just turn up. Yeah, I thought I was missing, <laughs> like I sort of blacked out for a second. Yeah.
3: I think because they only had forty five minutes. Yeah. I think they just like
2: because oh, doesn't Evelina shame. see them. So even just like a quick line to her, like a quick exchange would just explain it away.
3: Then even the shop i just don't know how he found it like how he knew they were there
2: i do love it with things like that
3: Uh, god knows that was so there's one more bit as well where um so lucius dexterous has his arm ripped off and he doesn't really seem to care very much and he's like oh there you go yeah (laughs) whereas obviously the 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 high priestess like she she says to the doctor that she's in a lot of pain but like it's something that she needs to go through and so like the way she is with that condition like turning into stone seems like she's really affected by it, whereas like his like he doesn't really seem very much in pain and then his arm gets ripped off and then he's like oh oh well that's irreversible but
2: <laughs> yeah sure so like ever trying why to not? rip stone with your bare hands it's hard yeah <laughs> yeah
3: exactly yeah. <laughs>
1: um so uh what, what didn't work for you elliot
2: um, I, again, I did, I did already mention this because, you know, I can't stay original, but I just think, yeah, the grown up sort of pyroviles just sort of don't really add much. I like the design. I like they just look like centurions, but, you know, they're just sort of the Doctor who's got to have a, a villain and a big monster, uh, but they just feel a little, a little, if you'll pardon the pun, underbaked.
1: <laughs> no, I think I agree with that. Um, mine was, uh, the... As much as some of the outdoor sets are really good, I think the indoor ones are a little bit... Like, okay, the house. is Okay, it's mainly the house. The house doesn't do it for me. It's not my favourite set. It just cheapens the look of the episode for me.
2: I don't know. Things haven't improved since William Hartnell's The Romans. It's yeah. a bit classic
3: Doctor Who, that yeah. set, isn't
1: so
2: it? Does, it is. Yeah, so it does look like the set that they're on for The Romans. Like, mm. yeah. It's like a theatre set, yeah.
3: yeah. It is.
1: No, it's very that. Yeah. Um, but what is Crystal your most doctory moment what do you think is the moment where the doctor was doctoring the most <laughs> the
3: doctor was probably doctoring the most when he whipped out the yellow water pistol
1: bang on the money like
3: yeah I just think mad props is such a doctory thing to do mad Agreed. props in like inappropriate settings yeah. just
1: yeah
2: the 3D glasses of the series
3: <laughs> exactly
1: exactly exactly yeah.
2: um,
3: Elliot what's
1: yours I mean
2: I had exactly the same moment because there's lots of there's, lots, oh, of, there's okay. lots of good doctoring, but when I think of especially David Tennant as the Doctor fighting aliens with a water pistol, that's that's my go.
1: My, mine is slightly different. Um, mine was realizing that listening to Donna is always the best thing to do. Learning that actually everything she says is correct and that uh, she should be in charge. That's what I think is the most doctoring moment. That realization. Um, the last one then. Favorite quote from the episode, Crystal. What's what's your favorite quote?
3: I think there's there's quotes, there's like quotes that definitely stick in my head from this. Like you know, we're in Pompeii and it's volcano day. Like it's always yes, yeah, first great. thing that always comes to my mind when I think about this episode. I, well,
2: I was able to anticipate um, Peter Capaldi's modern art because I hear that a Love lot that. all the time. <laughs> I
3: think some of the poetry is really good.
2: To be fair, the back and forth between the doctor and Lucius, where they're always doing, you know, like, oh, the seed that blows on the wind does this, and it's like, oh, you know, but yeah, oh, I concede the sun must set in the shade, but also it rises by the father. I do
3: like, I do like all the Spartacus stuff. Like, I am spark- t- spark- Spartacus, and so
1: do I. Just, no, that that um, was that was good. I like that. You can Spartacus. have that if you want. That can be your answer.
3: Well, there we go.
1: There you go. I'm a Spartacus, and I'm also Spartacus. It's it's pretty good. It's good. It's pretty good. It's just funny. It's very funny. Um, but Elliot, what's yours?
2: Um, I am... I do I do struggle between two. There's lots of good Donna moments in this. And both of them are jokes, weirdly. Um, it's either Donna saying, don't get clever with me in Latin. Because just the structure of that is just mad. Uh, or, um, actually, it's it relevant to uh, one of the moments that didn't work for Crystal, which is after they rip Lucius's arm off, and then they go, he's made of stone. And then doctor says, but he's armless enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> classic, nice
2: classic pantomime comedy, uh, but it did get a good chuckle out of me. <laughs> what's what's your favourite quote?
1: So mine is a serious one because I'm uh, basic. Um, it's when uh, Donna is saying, you know, are talking about how you saved me in 2008 you saved us all why is this so different and he says that's how i see the universe every waking second i can see what it is what was and what could be what must not that's the burden of the of a time lord donna and i'm the only one left i'm the only one left <laughs> <laughs> it's giving dialogue i just yeah it's very fun it's very fun but that leads me to the last final question before we say goodbye out of five what are we giving this episode? Fires of Pompeii, Crystal, what are you giving out of five?
3: I'm gonna give it a three. Oh, a three. Nice. It's, I feel like because it's not it's not terrible. It's not yeah. it's, like, it's you know, certainly an episode I would watch again and, and have enjoyed watching again. But I do feel like there's there's episodes that would take four and five more than than this one. It's a sort of middling, it's a middling episode. It's it's not the most amazing thing ever, but it's you know it's a good laugh. Yeah. I really like it. Nice. Three. Let's go for three.
1: Elliot, what about you?
2: Uh, I did go back and forth between two numbers, but I landed on a three.
1: Oh, um, snap. Yeah,
2: because it's good. It's good. But there's just a couple moments where it loses me, maybe ever so slightly. Um, but it's better than yeah. I remember it being. But it's still not, like you say, still not like top top tier.
1: Um, I'd say for me because I'm now going to look like a negative Nancy, which is fun. Um, I'm giving it bang, half marks, two and a half out of five. Halfway. I know, I know. (laughs) But that's my truth. That's my truth. It's, It's a good, it's good, but it could be great. And it's just not quite hitting it for me, unfortunately. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. But there you go.
2: Well, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I hope you had fun. We sure did. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can do so by going to Patreon. patreon.com forward slash Come Podcast. Oh my god, we've got so many tiers. Brand new tiers. We have the Bestie. We have, for me, for you, we have Serving dot dot dot. You can figure the, route, the rest of that out for yourself. And we have the Companion tier. That is your one-stop shop for ad-free listening and other little cute benefits. Patreon.com forward slash Come Podcast. Thank you to everybody so far who supports us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Patreon, not your bag. You don't want to give us Continuing amounts of money, head over to Kofi. Kofi. dot com forward slash Come Along Pom Podcast. That's K O dash F I. dot com forward slash Come Along Pom Podcast. You can give us the price of a cup of coffee. One for me, one for down Dal- one for both of us. If you like both of us in equal measures, that's absolutely fine. All of those links are in our show notes and on our social media, so you can't miss them. Social media?s You might say. I didn't know you had social media. Well, we do. We've got a bloody TikTok. TikTok.com forward slash Come Along Podcast. Over there, we post fun little vignettes, hot girl chats, cheeky little momos. I know you know it, because that's how you've come here. Bring more people here. There's more of you. Where are you? You're hiding in the shadows. I don't like it. Anyway, get involved. But if you don't know it, check it out. TikTok.com. forward slash Come on Pod podcast. However, your two main avenues. If you want to be some cool, funky, fresh people, just like Jemima, like Calvin, and like Jack and Faith, our first ever couple emailers, you can email the show, alongponpod at gmail.com. Questions, anything you want to ask, we will endeavour to read it out, we are slowly making our way back through a backlog. If you're thinking, I emailed in and it's not been read out yet, it's probably just long and I need to make some edits to it, which is fine. You email in as much as you want. It just means it might take me more time to get to it. I do mostly select them at random, though, so don't feel bad. However, your main avenue, big street, one-stop shop, numero uno. Oh, baby, it's Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash come along podcast. We've got so many things. we got reels we got stories. we got polls. we got posts. If you want to get the latest updates, opinions, facts, everything about Cap, Instagram.com forward slash Come Along Pond Podcast. You can't miss the Same artwork ever. Send us a DM. Give us a follow. We're hurtling towards 3K followers. You could be the third K. And for that, you get nothing. Except for our undying love. But you already have that anyway.
1: But that's been fires of Pompeii. Crystal. As always, and I've said it, what, 15 times? Is that the count? Thank you so much for joining us here at CAP.
2: Honestly, oh, Thank you so much, Crystal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We've had so much fun and we really appreciate you coming on and talking about this episode. Honestly, it's been an honour, a privilege. Iconic, shall I say. Iconic. Oh, thank you for having me. Honestly, um, I've had so much fun. You're welcome back. Anytime. Anytime. Um, anytime.
2: Um and so and something we always do is we give we give we give people air from our lungs. Would you like to help us give people air from your lungs, which is just breathing into your microphone, basically? <laughs>
1: so we give you air from our lungs. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you again, Crystal. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Chat soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.